It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to, well, another week. And more importantly, is it more important? No, it's probably not. Just as important. Well, not even that. Uh, Least importantly, out of the two things of a new week and a new podcast. No, it is. I'm doing it injustice. More importantly than the new week, it's... I don't even know where we are now. What am I talking about? Oh, yeah. The Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Very excited, Andy Goldstein, because, of course, it's the new week. I've done the week stuff. Anyway, we begin with Katie Price's ex-husband, Simon Jordan, probably up for a moan. He was alongside Danny Kelly on The Final Word. Ironic, because with Simon there never is one. I love him, really. Anyway, this is Simon yet again moaning about something. I'll tell you what he's not moaning about, and that's the hairdressers being shut. Because uh, somehow, he's got his hair cut. I don't know how he's got his hair cut. Maybe he'll address it here. Let's have a listen. I sit there with a hope that we see a recession for all of the reasons that you laid out on the top of this, which is fees agents, uh, fees dictate salaries, and all that goes with it, because the one thing that it's okay that Man United can afford it, it's okay that, uh, to some extent, Man City and and Chelsea and the Newcastles, perhaps of the world, will have, you know, print presses of money in their garden to go on with. But there's another 15, 16 clubs in that league that maintain the competitivity of it that will be well served from a little bit of belt tightening, a little bit of downward pressure on transfer fees. And if you've got uh, Infantino, as much as FIFA sometimes are worth waving a stick at, as much as you've got you know any sort of resonance in what they say, if they are coming out and talking about salary caps and transfer fees, it'll be interesting to see how that's received. Now we can hear from the British rock legend Noel Gallagher. He joined Johnny Owen and Friends yesterday morning. Obviously, he spoke about Man City and their chances in the Champions League this season. And also look back, brackets, in anger, at Euro 96 and a certain song he couldn't stand hearing during the tournament. Oh, I'm guessing that was uh, Lived in a House, Very Big House. Hit that one, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, no, it wouldn't have been that one. So we yeah. go to Wembley, and then the entire crowd breaks into a uh, swing low, sweet chariot, right? That <laughs> god-awful rugby song. And I was like, who are all these people? These are not football fans. These are not, they're not football fans. They're England supporters, in inverted commas. In, swing low, sweet chariot, a football match. It's like, what? When you watch Euro 96, it's a load of rugby fans going, oh, England, man. Oh, Gaza. 
Hey, Gaza. You know, Euro 96 kick-started it, but I don't think there was a football crowd, let's put it that way. I was at the Bernabeu, uh, the second-last game we played, and uh, we were great, and it kind of felt like that night coming out of the Bernabeu, seeing the other results and thinking, you know what? I fancy it this year, do you know what I mean? Mm. So one of the good things about the break in the season is if it, if the Champions League comes back, we'll have a full squad again because we were kind of we were we were missing Laporte and Sane and and a few others. So hopefully, if it comes back, that works in our favour. But uh, it would be just typical City if we win it in an empty stadium in Mogadishu <laughs> somewhere on a, on a on a on a Sunday morning, you know, in front of no one. Now, the Watford striker Andre Gray spoke to TalkSport's James Savundra this weekend and Andre was brutally honest on his feelings towards racism and how black players and people are perceived. I just think the whole the whole system needs to be reformed, basically. Um, things have to change on an educational basis. Um, the system needs to change in, 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 in everything, in football, in... Any, any line of work, um, it, it all needs to change. I've been preaching this for a long time now, um, and a lot of people have. Um, so now I, I just hope that people really have taken notice because when things were happening before, none of these big brands, none of these, none of the government, or none, no one of, of, of power have ever came out and, and said anything. So now it's they've probably said it now more than likely because they're under pressure to. They can't hide from it. Now, now, now's the time. They need to. These kind of people need to back it up. One of the things you said there was education, and I understand you actually felt that you had to educate yourself on this in the last few years, and you did lots of reading just to find out what other people have experienced down the years. Can you tell us a bit more about the tattoo you've got on your back and how that came about, and I guess the experience of learning more about this? Yeah, exactly. See, it was a. Obviously, I enjoy <clears throat> getting tattoos and stuff, so I wanted something meaningful, meaningful. And because it's a big space on my back, and I was in the process of understanding and learning about about my history and and, and so on, it, it was just fitting to to get that for some people that have really stood up for something against against everything that they were told to do, um, and it, it just meant a lot. This is the QPR assistant coach and former manager Chris Ramsey on the Sunday exclusive with Mark Saggers. He spoke about how the way forward in English football should be to employ people purely based on merit and nothing else. If we now have this platform and we now have an understanding between us, what is it that we have to do with you to make those in power understand what we all want? You talk about a revolutionary tactic. How can that work? Well, first of all, it recognise, recognising the people, people's talents. And I'm not talking about just putting people in jobs or in positions just mm. because of their ethnicity. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is not putting them in there because of their ethnicity. And that's, that's been the biggest problem. People, uh, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, you know, people got jobs just because they were black or just because they were Asian. I don't agree with that either. But... They also don't get jobs because of that, and until they people can understand that there is um, fraternities that actually look at you know, they look at that obstacle as you walk through the door, you're walking over two, three obstacles before you sit down and even start the conversation. 
So until we can get those people to, to look through clearer glasses, we're going to be struggling. And, and that's why there needs to be more of a revolutionary type situation than, than an evolution. I mean, I, I came to the game in 1978. And, uh, you know, it was, there wasn't even a mention of it then. But once, once it started um, um, being mentioned, it, the, the, the tide of change has been so slow that we've lost many people to the game. I mean, if you look at it now, there aren't many coaches in the game older than me or Chris Hewitt. I think Chris Hewitt might be 60, I'm 58. There aren't many coaches over that in, in, in that fraternity in, in the game. So we lose people because we take too long to do things. Uh, and and I'm, I'm worried that that's going to that's carry on, not just in football, um, in, in, in other avenues as well. Now, this is Fight Night with Gareth A. Davis. A lot of people don't know what the A stands for. And, uh, of course, it stands for him just over here. Oh, I can't read that out. That's disgusting. I never knew that. Anyway, he was alongside Adam Catchell. The guest was the boxing promoter, Frank Warren. He joined the show to quash, good word, quash, the latest rumours surrounding the Fury Joshua fight, as well as discussing neutral venues and how the word quash isn't used nowadays anywhere near as much as it should be. What I actually said, I said that all the passes concerned regarding basically the promoters concerned had signed an NDA with a country. Well, that's for negotiations. We've not had an offer. Tyson signed nothing. And I don't know where they got it from, you know, where that's come from. That certainly was not what, you know, whether they misinterpreted it. I don't know, but that's not the case. And nothing's been signed. The fight's not on at the moment. Tyson mm. has a contractual commitment to, for the uh, rubber match with, or I should say the third fight with Deontay Wilder. Anthony Joshua has uh, his commitment against Pula. That is the, that is the position, and nothing has changed and, uh, since then. And, and you know, I've got to be honest with you. I keep saying this. I've been banging on about this from day one, and I'm convinced of it. Anthony Joshua may want the fight, but I don't believe Matt Trum do. To make these fights happen, to make them viable, it's not just it's the live gate which pays a large part of it. It's the American pay per view, it's the British pay per view. Mm. So you've got to look at all those all those areas and where you, where you can maximise the, the income because that's what these guys want. <laughs> want. These are career-defining fights. You know, um, this for them is their chance. This is their moments uh, you know, of, of earning big money. So we have to take all that consideration. Will it happen in the UK? I'd love it to happen here. I really would like it to happen. And, and you know, who knows? Maybe that may be the case, but... Um, I think I think it, I think that it may wind up going to a neutral country, but we'll see. You know, Bob Bob uh, Aaron was talking about that he's had an offer from a uh, country in the Far East, and again, um, that's not you know nothing's been nothing's been uh, confirmed about that yet. But there are people who are interested in staging fights involving Tyson Fury. And staying with Fight Night, here's Amir Khan who discussed his future and he revealed that he isn't a fan of fighting without fans. There's a lot of fans there. He's not a fan of fighting without fans. See, I'm, I like to have a crowd there and since coming back from the Olympic Games turning professional, it's been it's been a full house here and a full arena for me whenever I fought there. And so that kind of drives me. That kind of motivates me to put on a good performance and, you know, it gets you in... Guess you focused and guess you ready. Imagine walking in there in an empty room. It's not the same for me, really. And I, I, I like to be a people's champion. I like to have fans there. I want to show them, give them a good showcase of, of a fight. Uh, regardless, win or lose, but I want to put, put a good fight on. 
And imagine not having no fans there. Mm. Even though you know they're going to be watching on television, but it's not the same, really. So two fights that I would really want. Look, one could be a Kell Brook fight, definitely. That's a massive oh, fight. Oh, good. And and I would love a rematch with Danny Garcia for, for a title. See, I know the Kell Brook fight won't be for a title, but um, the Danny Garcia fight... Maybe for a title, we both at one four seven. Whereas Kell Brook's gonna, he he's up to one fifty four uh, pounds, which is like middleweight. I'm still a welterweight, and I've always said that if I'm gonna carry on with my career, it's only gonna be at welterweight because I made that mistake fighting the likes of Canelo and going up away and stuff like that. So I want to stay at my own weight, really. Now we can hear from Barry Glenn Denning and <laughs> sorry, that's weird. Just tried to say. <clears throat> Very bizarre. This is Barry Glendenning alongside Max. Oh, that's not happened before. Can't just carry on reading, shall I? Very bizarre. Anyway, Barry Glendenning alongside that fellow. I'll put his name in at the end. Uh, they were on the warm down and another completely pointless and meaningless nostalgic game of Colbaus where they just say people's names pretending. I mean, there, there are no rules. People go, oh, what are the rules? They just have tension bed music and just name players until one goes, look, I'll prove it, I'll prove it, right, ready? Tom, fade the music up. Right. Ronald Koeman. Right, and then someone will think about it, right? And the next person will go, Frank Reichard. And then another one will chuck in a name of a footballer that you can't remember who used to play for Fulham in the 90s. Paul Pesky Salido. Right? And then the other one will come up with a player, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. And they'll, and it, so you'll go, Mark Dennis. And it'll just continue until one of them names a player that doesn't mean anything, like Stephen Carr. And then the other one will go, Cole House. And they go, oh, I can't believe you did that. That's basically what's coming up. Anyway, here's Barry Glendening with... <laughs> no, I can't say his name. Trevor Hebbard. Steve Sedgley. Carl Shutt. Eric Young. John Polston. Peter Shirtliff. Timothy Atuba. Dane Whitehouse. Paul Goddard. Trevor Peak, Chris Marsden. Chris Kwamia. Simon Milton. Paul Warhurst. Johnny Robinson. Scott Sellers. Dale Gordon. DDA6. Robert Rosario. Ian Butterworth. Yusuf Chippo. Mustafa. <laughs> Steve <laughs> Anthrobus. Steve Chettle. Ian Butterworth. Uh, <sighs> Ian Culverhouse. Did you Butterworth? I Butterworth. Oh, you never Butterworth. I Butterworth. I can't believe it. Oh, wow. Who would you believe it? This is the Weekend Breakfast Show now with Georgie Bingham and Tony Cascarino with his top five substitution impact moments of all time. Oh, this would be good. I can't wait for this. Here we go. Just sit, 
get comfy in my chair for this one. Top five substitution impact moments of all time. Here we go. Go on, Tom, give it some. I was watching, because obviously I played with Sheridan, and I watched him warm up in front of Fergie. So I knew when it was 1-0 one, one to Bayern that Teddy was deliberately standing in front of Fergie, which he admits yeah. openly now, to yeah. just get me on. Well, Bye. Yeah, and he made the double substitution. He went with Schultzka yeah. and on uh, Sheringham, and, and, and that <laughs> enabled United to do I mean, I still think Bayern made a massive mistake taking off Luther Mateus uh, off the pitch because he was in a part of a back three that were brilliant that night. Funny and enough, I, re- I think I would I think I would say Sherringham is the less famous substitution here. Well, yeah, well, he, yeah, well, Schalke got the winner, um, yeah. but Teddy got the equaliser. Exactly. And, and Teddy flicked the header for Schalke off the corner to for Schalke to tap it in at the far post. But it still was an incredible... I mean, I was with the international squad with Republic of Ireland watching the game. And I, I still rem- I remember it vividly, just standing there and thinking, Teddy's just desperate to get on here. And I, and look, you always want to say, but it was the way he done it. He would be in Fergie's face to get me on, get me on, <laughs> um, driving him mad. And Fergie's made look well, like he did in his career many a times. That late goals by Fergie did it yeah. brilliantly many times in many different games because of his decision making. He was up there with the very the, best. I thought that would be your number one. No, actually. it can't be, George. How can I rule out 2005 Liverpool's substitution? Oh, DTM yeah, Man okay, three 0 down, Liverpool number fan, one. Yeah. Yes, uh, look. look, look if you're a United fan, it would be, if I was a United fan, it would obviously be number number one. But that still stays with me as True. as in True. I'm I'm still not convinced to this day that um, Rafa Benitez made that change uh, to stop it going four or five nil, Georgie, because you do not bring Didier Man on really. I know you change your midfield and you can free up other players, but you don't really bring him on to change and try and get back into a game. I'm not. Sh- I'm still. He might tell us different, but I'm not totally convinced that he thought that day, let's keep it to three, let's get or get get it to three one because what happened afterwards was extraordinary and yeah. that substitution was a big part of it. Dribriel Sisse came on as well, played a part. Uh, okay, he didn't do a lot for Liverpool at the time, but the whole formation of Liverpool did change through DT coming on. But it was an amazing night and I think that substitution getting them back to three from 3-0 three down within 17, 20 minutes time they're 3-3 three, three, goes to penalties I just I just felt that was one of the, the maddest games because lots of Liverpool fans had left that stadium you know at half time I'm sort of no nah, I'm not going to watch the end of this it was quite known that a good number had left and never leave a game yeah, early. and I, I still think that still <laughs> like the United one of 99 that was one of the amazing Champions League victories from coming from obscurity to win a game Well, that's it for another podcast. Again, good work, everyone. Um, if you want to download previous ones or future ones, you can go to Acast, Spotify, or Apple Pods, or just don't and just wait for them to drop in the normal way. Uh, I'm back tonight from 10pm with the first Sports Bar of the Week with Fun Boys. Oh, no, I'm not. That's a lie. That's a lie, everyone. <gasps> what am I talking about? I'm not back with him. This week, I'm not. No, I'm on drive this week. I'm on drive. I'm covering for uh, Durham, so you can hear me 4pm to 7pm weekdays from today. So, um... There you go. Make sure you join me. Don't bother about the sports. Oh, no. Do bother. In fact, if you've got a Rage Our Diary, don't bother listening. Just tick it off to say you have listened to it. If you haven't got one, then just don't bother. Um, Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.